Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls and a Few Thoughts. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. You are feeling your little intro. Me? I'm always feeling myself and my intro. Oh my gosh. Yes, certainly. Just, you know, washed in confidence. It's I great. feel the feel. You woke up huh? like this. I feel the feels. Is it the salon man. song that has you feeling the feels? For sure. This playlist is hitting. Again, hitting all of the things. Black Sunday Brunch, Heather J. Sis, you hit all of the notes in this. I mean, I know we were talking about it on the last episode, and we're talking about it again because we are still listening to this playlist. We're like, what, like an hour and change in? Yeah, it's man. It's so good. It's I like dope. I like forgot that today was Monday. That's when you know the day is extremely good. When you forget the day. For sure. I actually never knew what the day was. I know you're you know? in vacation mode. I am absolutely in vacation mode. Good I don't want to think about the day, the time, the nothing. Nothing. All I care about is is my glass of wine filled to the brim. And you know, ma'am, it is not it really isn't because <laughs> you are absolutely playing me because you ran out of wine. I ran out of wine. Which is so disappointing. You know better. Uh, my bar is just not stocked. I thought that I had another, you know, bottle of wine, but I really don't. I mean, I could hit you with some Nevis rum. I have some whiskey. I have some other things. You know, maybe you... Maybe you want a shot or something. You're on vacation. I don't no. know what type of event you're trying to have. I don't want a shot. I want wine. Well, that's what I have for you. What can I tell you, girl? You better order something on Drizzly. Oh, man. You better order something on Drizzly. Whatever, So, dude. your vacation is like an extension of all of the good vibes that we also had on the weekend. You know, we were talking about it, the girls retreat in the last episode, and it's like, just living your best life right now. Girls retreat one week off from life yeah it's a beautiful thing um i think the retreat was beautiful and profound and inspiring and like i was saying on the last episode it was really cool to get everyone together to really just have a pause moment and pause from the craziness of life Mm -hmm. and all of the things that we struggle with yeah um that we don't even realize that we need that moment to pause sometimes because we just keep going and yeah. going and going and going. Yeah, I felt that. You know? I also felt that as well. I mean, I think that everyone in attendance like really just needed that moment. Yeah. I mean, three of our other friends, like they're all moms. We're mm-hmm. not. Um, so they especially, you know, ever so often you want to be able to step away from what's happening. You mean, all of the parents say, you know, they love their kids and they love being around, but there are times that you just want to be able to just have you time like Mm -hmm. just have nothing to think about no one else to think about and just be you know one of the really cool things that happened over the weekend was where one of our friends was saying you know I am a mom but I don't want to be the mom meaning Mm -hmm. that I want to just be me like I just want to be Tanya in this moment and I I happen to be a mom. Yes. But I am just Tanya. And you can see how it resonated with some of the other moms in the room where like, yes, that is totally what Mm -hmm. I'm about. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to be me. I don't want to be X the mom. 
Yeah. You know, and it, it was yeah. beautiful to see that connection moment because you feel seen in that mm-hmm. moment by the other woman in the room who has right. your story, who has something similar that resonates yeah. with you in exactly the same way they're speaking your language. And I thought that was a beautiful moment, as small as it was, because right. there were so many small moments that felt so significant yeah. over the weekend. I thought that was one of them that was beautiful for, to for see. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, we always like get up and we have like such deep moving conversations mm-hmm. um, and I'm always down and we're always down for like a fun conversation but there's something about a conversation that provokes thought yeah. and a conversation that moves you or a conversation like that hits the soul mm-hmm. um, that really just like leaves and imprints you in a different way Yeah. Um, it feels like you can hold on to it for longer. Not yeah. that you can't hold on to like joyous and fun and light conversations for longer, but it, it's like as if it touches you from a place of greater depth. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> as I was looking at Mo interact with everyone, but particularly like Danny, it was interesting hearing like and seeing these two women who had not met be able to relate so much and mm-hmm. be on such similar journeys at different points of the journey mm-hmm. um and it's nice because it reminds you of just the fact that there are other things happening and there are other people that are going through the thing yeah and again to your point like it makes you feel seen yeah um and it really creates a space for you to be like you know what what i am feeling is okay Mm-hmm. and to be able to like express it um i think it's amazing that we can have these type of moments yeah i think one of the most uh, moving parts of the weekend was brunch yesterday where Absolutely. we uh, were having all these conversations about being able to move yourself through your personal traumas mm-hmm. and whatever those might be because they're all a little bit different for each of us Um, but being able to take the time to slow down and say, I'm going to own my process. And yes, I have this trauma. Here is how I am dealing with it. This is my awareness of it. These are the things that I'm doing to work through it. Mm -hmm. These are the conversations that I'm having. But along my journey and along my process, it is okay for me to prioritize myself. Mm -hmm. It's okay for me to prioritize what I need as a woman and as a person person right and sometimes that might mean me leaning into my friendships or me leaning into conversations that feed my soul that maybe have nothing to do with my husband my kids my career whatever else is going on for sure and it's totally fine for me to grab a glass of wine and get on a phone call and hang out with my friends or take a weekend to just have a weekend with my friends because that's what feeds my soul and that's Mm -hmm. what I need in order to make sure that the wind doesn't blow me away that this adversity doesn't take my entire life from me yeah that really filled my cup I felt like I was in session Mm -hmm. like it felt like a therapy session it felt so therapeutic um and whether I was speaking and like leading conversation or just like listening there mm-hmm. were just such gems like mm-hmm. can you remind me again what jen said about like the roots and the yeah. roots beneath you jen said something to the effect of uh, it's important to plant your roots 
deep enough that when the winds come, you're not blown away. It was absolutely profound. And what was, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful because Mm -hmm. if you were to break that down and think about what those roots are and what those roots could Mm -hmm, be, mm -hmm. like you think about those roots being your self-care practices like how do you lean in and be aware of the things right that you need as a woman Mm -hmm. when you think about nurturing your female bonds Mm -hmm. and nurturing those relationships that again feed your soul yeah when you think about like things like i think mo was talking about the shadow work that she was doing and yeah deal with right um some of those past traumas and things that you hide from yourself in order to be okay which that was another gem of the weekend absolutely absolutely Um, like those things are the roots right like those are the things that you have to do to make sure that you're solid and that you're rooted and yeah you are sturdy in your personhood yep so that when the winds i.e the The adversities come that you are strong, you're stable, you have what it takes and you've mm-hmm. done the work that it mm-hmm. takes in order to make sure that you are unmovable. Yeah. Yeah. And immovable rather. You mm-hmm. are immovable and you are not going to be thrown down by the winds. And I, I thought that was beautiful to listen to and to understand and to dig deep a little bit further in a way that we all did in a different way. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it resonated with all of us the same way. Right, right. When I think about like the roots, it mm-hmm. obviously when you think of it, you think of digging deep, and it's the depth is so much about. Almost feels like not only just like the journey, but the like the time and the mm-hmm. effort that it takes to get that deep. Like, it does not happen, like, overnight. Like, we're not talking about something that is one or two days. Mm -hmm. Like, think about how much of a tree we see on the surface. Yes. And how far down the roots go. Yeah. And the time that it really takes to grow to that. You know, even as you say that, like, you can expand it to, like, when you see a tree... Like you're seeing the beauty of the tree in person in oh, its physical form, yes, right. And we present ourselves to the world in a "I am together" mm-hmm. sort of way. Blossoming, I am blooming. blossoming. I am blooming. I appear to be sturdy. My trunk is well developed. I am ready to go. Mm-hmm. But it's harder to really dig deep to look at how deep do the roots actually go? How sturdy is this tree actually? Right. And that's where what you're talking about comes in. And that like when you dig deeper and you have these conversations and you really work on yourself and you work on all the things that you need, it creates a more sturdy root foundation. Mm-hmm. But just looking at a person straight on, you can assume that it's they, fine. They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. I don't need to check on this person. This person is good Mm -hmm. because they present as if they're good. Right. And you then kind of fall into this false narrative of, well, if you look good on the the surface, then there's nothing else for me to dig into because you're fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think this weekend, as we talked about those things, it became apparent that all of us have all of this root work 
that we need to do. Mm-hmm. And like moments like the retreat felt mm-hmm. like the root work, like felt like the watering of the roots and ensuring that the soil is nutrient rich, right? Like the it, watering it's of the, roots. the watering of the roots and making sure to that. that it is good. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about um, feeling like people are fine, I was really like listening to that. Like, do I always think that people are fine? You know me, like I live so far below the surface. I'm like, I always think that there's something happening below the Mm -hmm. surface. Um, Maybe sometimes to my, uh, I don't want to say to my detriment, but to other people's I don't want to say detriment. What do I say? It's like sometimes when you and I have certain conversations and I'm like, there's more. Or like yes. Anthony and I are having certain conversations and I'm like, there's more. Yes. And it's like, no, this is it. And I'm like, mm, I don't really buy it. It's kind of like annoying for other people, but I, it's, I sure. can't turn it off. It's just like, I just feel like there's something else happening here. And I, I agree with you in the sense that there's probably always something else happening. But yep. if you're not in a place where you are ready to dig deeper or you have not uh, like given yourself the time to dig deeper like that question can be off-putting that question of well what else is happening like there is something else happening tell me about that someone may not be ready for it and although like I've had 20 plus years of talking to you about what else is happening there are still conversations that we have where I'm like "Ah, I haven't really thought about this yet let's revisit in a week Right? Like, how many times have we done that? Mm-hmm. Right? Because sometimes sure. you have to be able to sit back and sit with your thoughts before Absolutely. you Always. can really answer a question like that yeah. on every topic, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's okay to, like, not know. Yeah. Um, I think that not knowing sometimes is a perfectly acceptable answer because, mm-hmm. like, there are times when you're just not yet faced with the question. Yes. You haven't had a reason to think about it. Mm-hmm. But once it enters your orbit then now you're like, huh, this is something for me to think about. Um, Like we were talking yesterday. I'm trying to remember because there's so many conversations um, and talking about cheating and like how we go about thinking about cheating Mm -hmm. and how it's connected to, well, for Monique, she was talking about it being from, it it felt very emotional, right? Mm -hmm. Like you feel like it's coming from a place of lack, something that you're not getting. Um, and that's what causes that to happen. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see like how people move through these different themes, Mm -hmm. um, how people relate to like loyalty, how people relate to the idea of commitment, loss, grief, um, Mm -hmm. and grief, not just in the sense of someone physically dying, but also like grieving of an old relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I could relate to conversations that we were having about the physical responses that come from heartbreak. Yeah. You know, like when you're younger, like you hear people talk about like heartbreak and how it really makes you sick. And there was a time that I really did not get that. Mm-hmm. It was so like, it was like, wait, what? Like, I don't get it. And then you get older and you're like, you live the experience and you're like, oh shit, this is, yeah. this is what it is. It really like affects you. Yeah. When things are when things are not well with you mentally and emotionally, the way that it impacts your physical self and the rebuilding of the mental, the emotional and the physical self, 
my god it is really hard work being like a healthy balanced like adult it certainly is and i i think it it takes concerted effort and i think it takes a level of awareness that a lot of us don't have like just to be frank like i think a lot of us walk around the world and we say well i pay bills i take care of my kids i take care of my husband and our wife Whatever. and yeah. i'm okay mm-hmm. but in reality we're not doing a lot of the work that it takes for us to truly be okay to be truly be balanced to truly find our happiness mm-hmm. um and i think that's what kind of gets us into trouble because even that conversation around cheating and like how people navigate those things or how people navigate grief etc like there's a lot of people that get drowned in those things and that's where you can you see the revelation of them being unhealed as like one of the topics that we talked about yeah over the weekend is that like we're not healed as we enter these relationships or we enter work or whatever and how it manifests itself poorly in these relationships and these situations that we find ourselves in as i'm listening to you i think to myself when we take away you know you and i are both west indians so we understand as well how caribbean people traditionally think Mm -hmm. of emotions and how they move through it right it's Mm -hmm. it's very much from a place of like resilience like yes be strong you're resilient you're fine like Mm -hmm. A lot of times, the average Caribbean person is not really trying to, like, dig and, like, discover their emotions and what's happening. So -hmm. you have, like, the cultural element, which I'm sure, like, people are coming into these conversations and into these experiences with that sort of cultural Mm -hmm. lens. But I also wonder, especially, like, living in a day and age like now, where we spend so much time on our devices, on the internet, on this, on that, are we too distracted? And I say this like we as in we the people, we the society. Are people like too distracted? Are people like over stimulized? Yeah. And does that add to like not really being able to carve out time for yourself? Or like you're so busy working, you're so busy doing this, like mm-hmm. on this hamster wheel yeah. constantly. I mean, I think it's two things. I think the first part of what you're talking about with the cultural messages that we received growing up like around needing to be okay Mm -hmm. and it's really never that serious like why you really need therapy why do you need to have all these additional conversations you're fine you're alive you're breathing you're good and I mean as a West Indian woman I still think I struggle with some of these things I still think that there is a piece of me that is so resistant to vulnerability and so resistant to saying I need help with X, Y, and Z, that there are portions of my life that I just don't dig that deep in. And that's just the reality and the honesty of who I am. Even though I've had all this practice of having deep conversations around this and yeah. all of the the self-development work and self-awareness work and vulnerability work, you know, yeah. shout out to Brene Brown. Like all of those things... Yeah have helped to continue to open me up and help me feel more comfortable. But can I say today that the work is done? Absolutely not. I will continue to be a work in progress. And I think a lot of that is those embedded cultural messages. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is like, you just got to continue to do the work and continue to find these moments where you can gain more self-awareness and ask more questions and be around people that 
can help you to dig a little bit deeper and be more vulnerable. Um, and then on the end of where you're talking about with being too distracted with uh, the socials and the virtual lives that we have, I think that's some of it. But I don't think that that is truly a distraction from us working on ourselves. Because I think, in fact, you can use the socials and the things that are available virtually to work on yourself. Like, I think if you chose to do that, you can do that. And therefore, it's not a distraction. I think what happens is that we don't prioritize that. Like, we don't use the socials for that. We use the socials for lurking um, on our exes. We use the socials for seeing what the celebrities are up to. Mm -hmm. We use the socials for looking at uh, what the celebrities are doing. What are they wearing? Where are they they going? What are their lives about? Like That's what we're using it for as opposed to saying, you know what? I'm actually going to go to TikTok and figure out what the new self-care trend is. Yeah. Right? Like We're not doing that often enough. The argument can be made for that. Yeah. The argument can certainly be made. I want to go back, though, mm-hmm. because I love the fact that you just mentioned about your struggles and your mm-hmm. challenges. I don't want to call them struggles because I don't know if you're struggling with mm-hmm. vulnerability. I think that it is something that is certainly a challenge because you do come at, from, come at it from a different perspective, yeah. a different point of view. Um, and I love that. That was a courageous act to share that <laughs> here with us in our audience. I mean, you share it with me all the time, but now you've shared it with everyone on the With the, the world. How does that make you feel? I mean, I feel like it's honest. Yes. Like who I am as a person, as you know, as someone who is sure. transparent, I am honest. Yep. I, if it comes to my head, I most times will say it. <laughs> right? So... Yep. I don't see the value in hiding what I believe to be a key piece of myself. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for the audience to know who I truly am and who you truly are. And it's important for people to understand that it is a journey. It is absolutely And it's it's always, there's always going to be things that you're working on. There's always going to be things that you need to dig a little bit more into, etc. I think about how many conversations we've had where... I may not have even realized that I had an issue with the thing until we're deep in conversation about it and I realize it hits a spot inside of me and I'm like, oh, oh, this is the thing. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't notice it until you have the conversation. Yeah. And that's why I think, like, relationships are so important, like, non-romantic relationships and your Mm -hmm. female bonds are so important. Because those are the relationships and the conversations and the connections that you have that will reveal things about yourself. It's the mirror. It's the mirror. Yeah. And I think that's the value in them. Yeah. Um, And I I think as much came out over the weekend, right? Like, how many times did the women that we were with say, like, this has been so valuable for me? Like, I may not be going through exactly what this other person's struggle is, Mm -hmm. but a part of their story resonated with me, like helped me in some way. For sure. I mean, I I, I love these kind of conversations. You know, I'm I'm at the other end. I'm not all the way at the very end of where you're at, but Mm -hmm. I'm certainly someone that approaches vulnerability with a lot more openness, Mm -hmm. a lot more um, curiosity, a lot more intrigue. I want to lean into it. I lean into it every time. Mm -hmm. Like if we're having a, if the space appears and there is safety, there's comfort, um, and there's reciprocity Mm -hmm. involved, 
like I will lean into a vulnerable conversation. Yeah, for sure. I want to have just real, honest conversations with people. Like mm-hmm. Growing up, like that was something that was so instilled in me by mommy. Like having open, honest conversations. Like that is the way that I move through the world. Yeah. Um, life is too short. Like if mm-hmm. you can't really have like meaningful conversations with people that are getting somewhere like either by having great understanding of a subject or great understanding of a person why yeah what's um, the point yeah like my you know i'm all for fun and the fluffy but mm-hmm. really getting to understand and know people like requires much more of an effort and much more digging and delving yeah um you shouted out Brene brown mm-hmm. i don't think that we've really spoken about we've touched on her before because we spoke about her um definition of trust and some other stuff Mm -hmm. but you know i love her yeah like i literally remember reading her book the gifts of vulnerability of imperfection the gifts of imperfection Mm -hmm. and it was all about vulnerability and how we have to journey through the dark in order to get to the light but Mm -hmm. like front to back of that book i've read it so many years now but it really made me feel like so super seen Mm -hmm. I was like oh my gosh she gets it like this is completely how I navigate and how I relate to this thing Mm -hmm. I'm like this is it it was so illuminating and so resonant Mm -hmm. you know whenever I have like a very challenging and like a difficult conversation with people I I have two emotions Mm -hmm. I'm first like I register that that felt hard, that felt difficult, and then I immediately feel unburdened and excited. Mm. Excited? Yeah. Hmm. Because when I have a successful conversation of depth mm-hmm. and discovery, it makes me excited because I feel like we are getting someplace, we're getting mm-hmm. deeper, yeah. we're peeling the onion. Mm-hmm. And it feels as though that is something that we'll continue to fine-tune and get better at. Yeah. And so the ability to be able to successfully navigate those conversations, mm-hmm. that's like totally like deposits into my trust, my vulnerability bank, my... You get it. Mm-hmm. Like I feel such... Do I feel... It's not synergy. Connectedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I feel a lot of connectedness in those moments. Yeah. I mean, once you wear off and once the initial emotions, the the initial like knee jerk, like, oh my God, this is so Mm -hmm. much wear off. Yeah. It really does feel, there's a level of warmth that I get. How does it feel for you? Well, for me... I love a connected conversation. I love a deep conversation. I love a connection that feels like we have peeled a layer of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, I don't necessarily seek out all of those conversations. If they happen organically, I'm all about it. Like I can certainly get into it if they happen organically. But I don't get into a conversation seeking to peel a layer no, or seeking... I don't think so. That's um, 
I don't think so. Like as I think about it, I, I don't think so. I think it depends on your friends. The who I think it depends on the audience. It might depends on the depend on the audience. Yeah. It may depend on the person that I'm talking to. It may um, depend on how I think this person will navigate the conversation. Like my uh-huh. prior experience of discussions or conversations, etc., uh-huh. with them, where. I will uh, tread differently depending on how I perceive them to be able to handle certain topics or certain conversations. Um, I think what I do a lot, though, is if I perceive the conversation to lean towards conflict or lead towards something that could be a bubbling conflict, I'll go a different direction. Do you? Yep. This is what you think you do, or this, this is, is what, what I you think I do. do. This is what I think I do, and of course, I'm open to hearing if you think I you think I actually you don't do that. Steer away. From I think I steer away from the conversations of conflict until I figure out a way to get to that topic and avoid the conflict. This is interesting. Yes. I mean. Because I don't actually love having conflict with anyone. Because I'm someone who's like very non-aggressive. As you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not loud. I don't scream. I don't yell. I don't argue, right? I'm someone who enjoys the banter. I enjoy disagreeing, but I don't enjoy conflicts. I mean, do, do, do people enjoy conflict? I think you enjoy conflict. I don't know that I enjoy conflict. I just think that conflict is natural. Yes. I think that conflict is going to happen. Yes. And people are going to, you know, healthy conflict. Like, we're not talking about, like, conflict that is abusive or conflict that Mm -hmm. is manipulative, aggressive, any of these things. Yes, of course. Regular disagreements, regular friction. I think of it as a very natural thing. People are going to disagree. People are going to have different perspectives. Absolutely. Um, And I think that that is a natural thing. As I listen to you say that you, you know, what did you just say? Avoid? It's, yeah. It's, I'll avoid that path to find another path. You know, I find that so incredibly interesting, friend. Yeah. Because I don't know that that's actually how you function. Okay, so tell me. Because you're someone who is so direct and unfiltered, mm-hmm. like to avoid conflict would require far more holding back. I don't think so. Avoidance? I don't think it would be I don't think it would be me holding back. I think it would be me just finding another way to approach X. I don't have this observation. You have a working example? It's I, so I can't I think mean, of I, an example. I, but I will tell you that I understand that that is your perspective because you and I have a different way of interacting with each other. Absolutely. Like you and I, because I know that you value conflict and you're totally fine with the conflict, and you want to go through the conflict and know that you can get to the other side because it helps you to feel right. But for you, that great feeling of getting to the other side, the unburden and, oh, my God, this is exciting. Like, for you, this makes sense. So when you and I have a disagreement or there's a conflict, like, it's fine to just go right at it because... It's probably faster. It's probably more efficient to just go at it. Get to the thing. Right. 
However, everyone in my life is not necessarily the same way. Like when I think about my relationship with some people in my family, um, I don't go right at it. It will be a, okay, so let's have this conversation. Here are some things that are happening. Then you kind of feel it out to figure out how do you attack the issue Mm. without creating a bomb. Because you got to manage those relationships a little bit differently. Because some people will have a fight with you and the fight goes on for a year. You and I don't have those fights that go on for a year. We have no. a fight and then we talk about the fight and then we're probably done in a week. Less right? than a week. Less than a week. But we have had fights that have lasted weeks. Because you were wilding. Oh, because I was wilding. <laughs> yeah, sure. But I'm just no, saying we, that. We've had... People have bigger fights that don't get resolved than just one shot. Yes. yes. But our relationship is such that we're able to navigate it in an efficient way and have an open conversation and yeah. be done. But there, that's not always the same in every relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think of you as someone who does conflict so well and being mm-hmm. so direct. Mm-hmm. I would love to be a fly on the wall for, to observe some of these other stuff. Like, yeah. I'll, just, I'll just speak very candidly. So, like, obviously we know that in relationships, you're very different. Yes. So, I know that there is the Tanya that I know, mm-hmm. which is, like, Tanya, best friend, sister, known you since high school, totally get what's happening. But the Tanya that I can think of as being the person who is more avoiding conflict or tiptoeing mm-hmm. their own conflict yeah. would be a very submissive version of yourself mm. that I haven't met. <laughs> Probably because we haven't had a relationship. We haven't had a romantic relationship. I mean, yes. yeah. So it's interesting that you are saying, though, that on, I don't want to say on average, but for the most part, you navigate conflict in a much more gingerly way. So I perceive it. Like, uh, let me um qualify it in the sense of like it's not like a conflict avoidance like I don't mind having the conflict mm-hmm. but I am more aware of how people might receive the conflict so like we'll get to the conflict if the conflict is necessary but it's a slower build to the conflict like it is I am more aware of needing to massage to massage it I am more aware of uh, uh, my level of directness. I'm more aware of the words that I use because people are sensitive. As they, you're, I mean, as they should be. You're not as sensitive as most people. Well, I do think that I'm sensitive in the in the sense of I'm aware of myself a lot. I'm aware yes. of other people. I'm aware of yes. how people are going to receive it. But in terms of I'm not easily offended. For sure. Mm-hmm. But there are many people in this world that are easily offended. For sure. Yes. And you talk to those people differently. I do. That's good. Yes. Because, you know, I do hope I'm, that you have a filter. <laughs> so I'm glad that and This there. is something that I have worked on over the years. That's good. Like, I have worked on, like, just being more aware of people and how they receive things. Absolutely. Again, still a work in progress. I still say crazy <laughs> things that hurt people's feelings. A hundred percent. I mean, we're not always, you know, a hundred percent our best version of ourselves. But I... I would say that I'm definitely more aware of those things and how people would receive it. Mm-hmm. Of course, for me, if I could never have conflict with anyone, I would be totally fine with that. 
I would absolutely be fine with that. My guy, do you even believe that? Yeah, I do. That's just not, it's, it's not who I believe myself to be. I'm not someone who's like, oh my gosh, I love conflict. I'm excited by getting through conflict. Play that back. No, I don't want to do that. Just play that back real quick. I just want to hear it again. This is not the person that I believe myself to be. You see, where I'm having such a difficult time is reconciling your level of directness. Yes. And your level of not being filtered. And also, like, you don't generally hear a ton about people's feelings. And when I think about all of these different things and Mm -hmm. also being a person who does not really want... Like, you're like, if I never have conflict with anyone, it would be fine. I would be. I was just like, how would that... But this would be like uh, me having wings and flying off of this building. Here's the thing, right? You can be direct with people and that not cause conflicts. You can be a straight shooter and that not cause conflict. But you know, very often it does that. Very often it does. But does that mean then that my level of directness means that I want to have conflict? No. I just believe that if I have something to say and I say it, then I have said it and now it's done. Yeah. I mean, that's really not how a lot of people relate to directness for a lot of people can be very much like oh shit did you just say that it's very like clutch my pearls no i think there's a difference between being direct and being mean there's a difference between being direct and being an asshole like i don't believe myself to be an asshole i believe that i am direct Mm -hmm. i believe that i am a person who will tell you what's going on without being an asshole of course if what i'm saying is asshole-ish. <laughs> that's the asterisk? <laughs> but that's the asterisk. Then those are the things that I probably need to think about. Like take uh-huh. a moment and hear them in my head first. Uh-huh. Because my intention is not to rip someone apart huh? all of the time. There are times where I'm at work and my intention is in fact to rip someone apart. I was literally thinking that. Yes. There are moments when I literally. want to rip someone apart. And I do that. And I do that quite effectively. But... Direct doesn't always equal that. So. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to equal that. I'm right. just thinking about the receiving end of it. Like, you might not be someone that wants to create conflict, mm-hmm. but there's conflict created by the action. So, like, that's what I'm thinking about when I think of it. Or, like, and let's not, let me not even just say conflict. I think that there's sometimes friction from yes. the action. But here's the thing. And you said it before in that I'm not someone who generally cares all of that much about other people's feelings. Right. And I think that's where I'm coming at it from. Like, if I say something to you that is direct mm-hmm. and you receive it however you receive it. And in your mind, you're like, yo, I can't fucking stand this woman that just said this thing to me. Like, that's fine. You can have your feelings. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to have conflict with you. Because for me, in order for us to have conflict, it means that two of us are involved in this conflict. And you can have the conflict by yourself. That don't have nothing to do with me. <laughs> like, you can have your feelings. You can have your thoughts. You can have your own responses. But I'm absolutely not going to go back and forth with you. Like, that to me is the conflict. I don't do that. That's the part that I don't do. So then, therefore, we'll never have conflicts. Like, for what? Yeah. If, we, if, if it's a conversation, I have conflict with you. I will have conflict with my boyfriend at some point in our relationship. 
I will have conflict with my siblings. I have conflicts with my mom all the time. Mm-hmm. Like those are relationships that actually matter to me and I will go back and forth in order to resolve. But just because I'm direct and I said something and you feel how you feel, I'm not going to have conflict with you for what? So what would happen though? Like let's just play this, right? It's a hypothetical scenario. Mm-hmm. You've said something to a friend. Yes. I don't know. Let's make up a friend because you got like four friends. I sure do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So, you have, you say something to one of the friends. To Jon Snow. I love him. Sure. Yes. Um, he's taken aback. Mm-hmm. He said something equally as fiery to you. Uh-huh. Then what do you do? Have a great day. Nobody pulls me out of my character like that. Like, you know this about me. I like, hear, there has not been a I'm time. listening like... Let me tell you, not since I was probably 16 years old have I been pulled out of my character enough to be rolling around in the mud with nobody verbally or even physically. I think back to, and I'll give you the real like real life example. Uh-huh. Remember years ago when I was in that relationship with that guy that I went to Disney World with, sure. I came back, whatever. Yes. Yes. The girl yeah, he yeah, was yeah. cheating on me with mm-hmm. calls me. Yes. And my mind... That is a situation where I'm with a man for almost three years. The girl he's cheating on me with calls me. Now, I could have been the person that goes, what the fuck is this bitch calling me for? You know he's in a relationship. You a fucking dirty ass skank for all of that, right? Yeah. But did I respond that way? No, you didn't. I did not. Mm -mm. Like, that could have been a moment of conflict. But I don't care enough to be having conflict with this woman who, in my logical mind, like, you don't have no loyalties to me. Right. This man want to fuck you, you want to fuck him, you decided to do that. Mm -hmm. My issue is with this man that I'm in a relationship with. So why am I doing all that? Mm -hmm. But because I am a well-adjusted woman, I also did not have conflict with that man. I also was like, you could go about your business, and I'm going to bleach your shit and, you know, the whole shebang. <laughs> I love how you say that very, like, Like, I can do that. Cuff. Like, I bleached your shit. It's all it's good. Fine. And you go about your business and I go about my business. And that's it. What, what would you qualify that bleaching the shit of? Because there was a confrontation of sorts. There was no confrontation. It was, I have the key to your car. You have the shit at my house. I will pack your shit, throw some bleach on your shit. Open your car, put the bleach in your car with your shit, bleach your seats, and have a great life. There's no confrontation. There is no back and forth. There's no conflict. How does this read to you as? Does it read to you as? It was vengeful. It was petty. I was angry. Yes. But why am I going back and forth with you? For what? There's nothing that you can say that's going to make me feel better. There's nothing that this woman can say that will make me feel better. So what is the point of that conversation? What's the point of the conflict? Where are we going? Did you bleach the shit, though? I'm wondering. I I did. Like, you did? The black bag that had all his stuff in? Yeah. I had put bleach in that bag. So all of his clothes and shoes and stuff that was in there had bleach in there. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Either way, yeah. they, that was a moment where I could have had conflict with the person and gone back and forth and done the arguing and all those things, but that's not who I am. 
I don't want to ever do that. So. Well, that was a that was a one off. You generally don't have that sort of reaction. That yes. was certainly an exception to the rule. Understandably, because you were very hurt. It could have been an exception to the rule. It was not. There was no conflict. Yeah, is what I'm but saying. Like the whole situation is not one of peace. It's not one of peace, but there was friction. I yeah okay. I'm like looking at you like, yeah, this would be friction, my guy. I don't know. I guess I'm like in a place where I'm like friction, conflict. This is semantics. Yeah. Like to me, bleach, friction. Because I feel like when you bleed somebody's shit, my guy, it's like friction. It's not friction. It is I did this thing because you did this other thing and now we're done. And the action, if you were to, let's just categorize it. Yeah. How do you categorize and how do you fu- how do you define that moment? I fucked his shit up. Right. And fucking someone's shit up, do you define that as friction? Conflict? Something else? I'm very curious. I like, don't know if it goes into a category. In, I don't know. In the way that you're... Because ordinarily speaking, if you bleed somebody's shit, if you light someone's shit on fire, it's not fucking kumbaya. It's not. I think because it there was no reaction post was like, that. Hey, cool. He wasn't pissed that his shit was bleached up? Well, I will tell you, the conversations that I had with him after that, there was no conversation of, yo, you fucked my shit up. The conversations were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for what I did. Like, let's figure it out. So, I mean, he was not going to talk to me about me bleaching his shit. Gotta be a because uh, he was not really in love. He was an I mean, asshole. Facetiously. He was like, absolutely an asshole. How you bleach this man's shit? How you do whatever? That was mostly you bleach this man's shit, whatever. And he's like, oh my gosh, Tony, can we get back together? Motherfucker, no, that's not what's happening in this scenario. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Either way, do. I don't know. I never regarded that as a situation of conflict. That's interesting. Yeah, it's like... It happened and we moved on. I think I think about conflict like I'm yelling and screaming and going back and forth with you mm-hmm. and, you know, we're having like all of this friction all the time. Like that's mm-hmm. not a thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm totally fine to disagree and say you have a different opinion from what I have and we can discuss and try to figure out so, is it going to be a middle ground? Or are we going to disagree or are we going to agree to disagree? Or are we just going to move on? Like, whatever. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I don't want to be arguing with anybody. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not my jam. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to leave that there. Yeah. I'm going to... But you know this. Oh, you know God. this is my preference. I, I my do. preference is to not have these highly conflicting conversations and interactions it's not my thing because you live in a joyous space and everything is joyous and it's happy and it's pleasurable i i want everything to be pleasurable but the reality is on the flip side like i have significant personal trauma with conflict in relationships like significant so i'd rather not go there Like, I decided in my life that I did not want that to be a part of my life. So I take active steps to make sure that that is not the life that I create for myself. What do you do with that, then? 
You know, like, emotions have to go someplace and they mm-hmm. have to live someplace. Yeah. What do you do with it? Do you just, like, acknowledge and then you're, like, you're in time out? Or, like... Well, I think, for me, I do a lot of self-talk. You know, I've said to you, of course, that I have my own little personal talk show that I do oh, with yeah. myself. Let me tune in right now. <laughs> it's dope. <laughs> like, sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'll just kind of talk my myself through my things uh-huh. and that's really helpful sure. and even though I'm not actually being recorded it feels like I am why don't you yeah because you know I, I know it like, sounds insane you could just like have your own little voice journal diary situation I could but but I just never think about it because I I, I kind of ha- it's probably that it's probably that <laughs> I don't want to face myself but like I think about you know sometimes I I'm like getting dressed uh-huh. and you know, I'm doing my makeup and I think about the things that I might be going through or dealing with or trauma that I need to talk myself through. And yeah. I just kind of start talking to myself. And But I'm talking as if I'm presenting a story to myself. <laughs> I know, it's the craziest thing. But that's Jen what I do. What, what would Jen call this? I wish she was here. I have no idea what because, she would know, call she this. Because, you was talking yesterday about, like, trauma narratives mm-hmm. and how people, like, face their challenges on how people face their issues yeah um and you know ultimately they come to a head at some point for sure whether it takes one day two days however long like for the most part they eventually come to a head yeah for um, sure so i'm like curious about the process for we, we speak a lot about the conflict I'm mm-hmm. not going to get too much further in the weeds. I'm going to leave that there because mm-hmm. I think you've shared tremendously. Let's talk about how do you continue to cope and move through and persevere. Well, I still think I have a lot of work to do in that space, like moving through the space. Really? Like I've had, I've had several conversations with the therapist. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm like in a space of like, do I need to do this weekly or is monthly enough? Whatever. I'm still trying to figure those things out. But I thought over the weekend, I think Monique was mentioning the shadow work that she was doing. And I thought that was amazing. So that's definitely something that I am going to do for myself. I'll send you the link, friend. Amazon. Oh, my God. You absolutely have to send it to me. I'm actually disappointed that you hadn't previously, but that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) So... I think something like that yep. could be a useful practice of, sure. like a physical practice of getting through the work and working through my own traumas. Because one of the things that she said over the weekend is, what are the what are the parts of yourself that you hide or you don't confront in order to to pretend that you're okay or order to say that you're okay. And the shadow work helps you to confront those things. Yeah. Um, and really, it, it sounds like a forgiveness process of forgiving yourself mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. that moment um, where you become aware of the parts that you hid. Yeah. That absolutely. probably still live with you today, but you just haven't worked through them. Right. Um, and I think that could be really profound and probably profound for a lot of people. I think yeah. we should probably send this to everyone. Yeah, when Mo and I started talking about it, um, and when I was actually looking at the workbooks, because she mentioned, you know, doing this work a couple months ago, and then I was, like, looking for a workbook 
that had useful prompts Mm -hmm. and would also really like speak to her and and really felt like it would be of value. And I eventually ended up finding it as I, as I was doing it, um, I was also thinking about like, what are the things that I would focus on? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the shadow work that I could potentially do? Because I think that we all have, like, shadow work that yeah. we could do. Um, however, I'm like, mm, I don't know if it's time for me yet to do my shadow work because I'm I'm not feeling compelled. Mm. You know, like, you have to go, you have to, like, embrace where you're at with your journey. Yeah. My journey right now feels like... Uh, me trying to figure out or me trying to advance in my career it feels like me journeying through this podcasting space Mm -hmm. me trying to figure out what that podcasting space looks like social media me figuring out you know how to be a stepmom me figuring out how to be a better partner thinking about becoming a mom and the steps that I might need to take in order Mm -hmm. to do so. Um, And so it's like, I like, those are the things that I feel like I need to work on. I'm like, I don't know if I feel like there are parts of myself that are in the shadows. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we all have parts Mm -hmm. of ourselves that are in the shadow. And I think that there's something to be said about not feeling necessarily compelled to do it, but knowing that there's value in doing it even if you're not compelled. Mm -hmm. Because when you think about the next chapters of your life, whether it is career or building a family, becoming a better stepmom, a better partner, getting prepared to be a mom, Mm -hmm. like I think there's so much value in being able to recognize those shadows, forgive those shadows, deal with those traumas, even to propel you forward in the chapters or in those new chapters or to prepare you for those chapters. Mm -hmm. Because I think you'll feel compelled when you're in those chapters. Like you'll feel compelled to be like, oh my gosh, I'm really struggling with this thing. Let me now go back and figure out where it's coming from. Let me go figure out the shadow, et cetera, as opposed to being able to deal with them before the chapter comes. Yeah. And I think, like, for me, you know, I'm always about this self-development and trying to figure out the things that we need to do. And I had never heard of this shadow work thing before this weekend. And although I'm continuously working on something, Uh I think this is a really good thing to add before it feels like it's necessary. You know, like it's like preventive work. Yes. It's like like fine tuning. I think there could be so many things that you discover just by doing the work. Mm Because I think that there are shadows that I may not even be aware of. Like, I'm aware of some of the things, for sure. Um, But I think there are things that I'm not even aware of yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That I think the shadow work can probably help me to find, deal with, Mm -hmm. on our journey to be whole people. Yeah. Wow. On our journey to being whole people. Mm Mm-hmm. That there feels like the end. Yeah. It's a nice little wrap, nice little bow. You've <laughs> left me with a lot today. I still, I'm thinking about a ton. And yeah. almost like one of the last thoughts that I had, I'm like, we spent so much time in today's session, which was, you know, today's session. I'm in therapy. Like I'm therapy. on the couch. <laughs> we spent so much time talking about 
all of the more challenging and negative emotions. Mm-hmm. And I thought about how there was so much joy this weekend, which we've touched on. Yes. But we just haven't explored in the same way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, for sure. And isn't it interesting when people think about like deep and depth, we often veer into the depths of more negative, challenging emotions and not. Does joy have depth? I think joy has depth. Um, You know, like you said, there was a lot of joyful moments and there is a lot of depth in that because I think like for us as women, just being able to have each other is joyful. Yes. And, uh, you know, like the nighttime games and the random conversations yep. and the just the the silliness. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much joy in that, mm-hmm. that even the things that were harder and the negative emotions that we did talk through over the weekend, even though those things still existed, like there were tons of laughs. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, it, it was... Uh, it's nice to see. I almost feel like we should have recorded the entire weekend. You always feel like this. Always. But you're like not like a real photography recording person. Well. You just don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I actually would prefer that the group that I'm with are not the people that are doing it. I would rather have a videographer or a photographer that just follows us and, <laughs> you know, just captures all of the candid moments right and all of the key things like that would be my dream so you don't want to be an influencer i want someone to record all of the things Got and it. i don't know you know this whole influencer thing is so weird to me because yeah. i think anything can influence anybody isn't that like the space that we're living in these days yeah so to be an influencer it's like to be a person Yes. To be an influencer is to be a person. Yes. We're constantly a right influencing there, people. That is people a gem right there. People are always influenced by many things. You walk down the street and the person that's wearing the fur boots is an influencer. Mm-hmm. You feel mm-hmm. influenced mm-hmm. by them. Or you have a conversation in an office one day and mm-hmm. you're just like, wow, that is amazing. That that whole idea, that gem, that thought, that yeah. life that you have shared, like yeah. that is influential. I have conversations with my little brother at times, and I'm like, I have been influenced absolutely <laughs> to do and this thing. Influence yeah. comes from many places, absolutely all places. Yes. If you're open and receptive enough to it, absolutely all all sorts of places. Yeah, I just sure. had to write this down. To be a person is to be an influencer mm-hmm. because I think that that would be such a great topic to explore alongside this idea of like social media and the demands of what that is. And just thinking yeah. about the image that people project versus sometimes the reality that they live yeah, yeah. Um, and how those things meet or don't meet. Yeah. Um, and just like, being an influencer right now is like a trendy career thing mm-hmm. that people are doing because they want to have a platform or they're working on a business and they're trying to create something for themselves. Um, and so it's interesting to think of how it has, it's being monetized. Yeah. Um, and how demand is driving the thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That is a very interesting yeah. topic. We can definitely talk about that on our next episode. For it's sure. it's like a whole thing. It's a, absolutely a whole thing. So 
We went a little bit long today. Um, hopefully yeah. you will be able to stick with us throughout the entire episode. And we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Two Girls. And a few thoughts. <laughs>